Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and Chavruta Yerdena Osband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Gitin, daf Kafdalad, page 24. So you'll all recall that we had this pretty exciting Mishnah about a woman bringing her own bill of divorce. And that's where the Gemara is going to talk about her. That's the part that I'm going to pick up with, pick up on. Um, towards the top, but not all the way at the top of Amadal, Fa'isha Atzma Mivi'ah. Meaning, again, the citation from the Mishnah, literally that this, we're talking about a woman who could bring her own get and say before the court, right, that she that it was written and signed in her presence. Now, of course, the question is, why didn't he just give her the get? Meaning, once the get is being written and signed in her presence, so then just let the get come to her hand. Now it's a get, like she acquired it, and she is divorced. So this this case gets more complicated because the husband here has somehow stipulated that the divorce will only go through on condition that it take place, meaning that the divorce itself will take place in the in the court of so and so. And so then when she finally gets there to that court, then she's immediately divorced, right? She's fulfilled that condition, the condition of the get. But again, we still have this question of like, what's the rigmarole? Why put her through this? Why does she have to go to that baiting instead of just being able to, like the husband wrote it, signed it, everybody's there, just hand her the get. So Rav Hunabar Manoach has a different, or in the name of Rav Acha, the son of Ravika, has a different suggestion as to why it was that it, what you know that this process is taking place. Namely, when you instead of saying like the moment you show up at that beitin, it's in your hand and you're immediately divorced, this is rather when you get there, put the divorce, the get, the physical get, on the ground and pick it up. And then when you do so, the get isn't taking place the moment she arrives there, but it goes into effect by virtue of her acquiring it from the ground where she has where she herself has placed it. So now the Gemara is going to ask a question on that. So then isn't that the same thing as uh, take your bill of, uh, the case of where a husband would say to his wife, take your get from the ground. I'm Ravuna. No, I'm sorry. I'm a Rava. But we know that in general, when we say that if a husband says to his wife, take your get from the ground, it's as if he said nothing. Meaning that's not him giving her the get. That's her taking it on her own. And that's not a fulfillment of the verse that says he has to give her the get. So rather, let's explain it this way, where the man says to his wife, so you be the shaliach to deliver the get. And when you get there, then you become your own shaliach to accept the get, meaning you could have a shaliach to give the get and a shaliach to accept the get. And in this case, she is the shaliach to deliver the get, and she's also going to be the shaliach to accept the get. And then you will receive your own get as your own agent. And again, I'm going to say, I feel like this could have all been avoided if he had just given her the get back at the farm. But one second, the Gemara says, in general, aren't we going to say that the shlichut, that the possibility of assigning agency 
should have gone back to him the moment she fulfills that job of um, of the delivery. Meaning, so if she hasn't, and if she hasn't finished with with the delivery, and she can't finish with the delivery until she accepts the get, she can't be a shaliach for both things at the same time, right? The shaliach to bring the get and the shaliach to accept the get. So the concern should be then, right? The mission explains that he says to her, be this shaliach until you get there. And then when you get there, be your own shaliach. So the Gemara still needs to kind of address this. That approach is fine, according to the one who says, So the, that works out fine to the, according to the person who says that a woman can appoint an, an agent, a shaliach, to accept the get from the shaliach of the husband. Meaning, whether she's her own agent or not is, is immaterial right now. The first question is, can a shaliach ever function to accept the get? What are you going to say to the guy who said to the opinion that says you can't that you can't have a shaliach kabbalah, you can't have a shaliach to accept the get. She has to accept the get herself. The gemara says, well, the whole reason that we say that a woman cannot accept a shaliach to accept the get is not because the mechanism of appointing a shaliach doesn't work. It's because we don't want to be insulting to the husband in only sending a shaliach, that she would only send a shaliach instead of coming herself or herself. But in this case, where the husband himself has told her, you be your own shaliach, he clearly is not going to be insulted because this was his whole plan, you know, to begin with. So the Gemara, of course, is going to go on and keep following through these opinions through this case, um, you know, again, according to the one who says that we're going to be concerned about the husband being insulted you know even in this case and so on um but with this with this we really come to the end of the parak then we'll have a new mission we'll have a new parak um at the i just want so i just want to get to the very very end here just so we get a little bit of conclusion so again this case where he says you'll be the shaliach until you get there so instead of saying you'll be the shaliach for yourself, then you go before the beitin and make this proclamation. And then the beitin will appoint um, the court becomes the you appoint the court as your agent as the shaliach, and the beitin will accept the get from you to give to you. So at the end of the day. Um, the woman is losing the beating that she's going to, not because she is divorced the moment she gets there, and not because she put it on the ground to get the get to pick up the get and and accept it that way, but because at the end the beating, in fact, will be the the ones who transfer the divorce to her, accept it. It's you know the the process here at the end of the day is is she appointing the beating to accept it for her, or is she giving it to the beating who will then give it to her? But either way, she ends up. Um, divorced, really. And my question of why couldn't this have just happened in the original place stands to the extent that I wonder if this is not just exploring the boundaries of what does it mean for a woman to take her own, to accept her own get, I'm sorry, to be the shaliach for her own get, unless we say, no, this really could have happened because 
I don't know. I, I, the the number of possibilities, things going wrong between a couple at the time of the giving of the get, where a husband will say, fine, take your own get, but you're going to be the agent and you have to do it in front of that painting. It's not even so surprising to me, even if it's totally impractical. It probably wasn't impractical because I imagine, you know, you may have been living one place with your husband and then you went back to where your family was from, uh, you know, or, you know, somebody like somebody showed up, they got divorced living somewhere and then they show up back home and they say, hey, my marriage ended and now I came to live back home and here's my get. So I, I read this as actually very practical. OK, good. But there's a boundary pushing piece to it, as I think you explained, because women traditionally cannot be an aide or how they're a shaliach. And so it it's an area where we're sort of we're more make out. And so I think that's why they're trying to explore some of these boundaries as it comes up through the case of Gittin. Right. I mean, that's clearly the fascinating piece to begin with here. The the fact that she ends up being her own shaliach for her own, if it was a man being a shaliach for his own, I don't know what, like loan being paid back, it would also have some of these same interesting pieces. But the fact that it's a woman who so often is kind of left out, you know, told that she can't be, in the same category. We saw yesterday, was it yesterday? You know, so often women is in that category. Women, women are, I guess, in that category as well. And for this, they're really not, which is just interesting to begin with. All right, I'm going to move on now to the uh, next parak, or in the third parak now of Kitten, and we have a new Mishnah here. So we've been hearing over and over again, this concept that the get itself has to be written lishma. It has to be written for that particular woman. And now we're going to get into a Mishnah that sort of deep dives into this and says that any get that's written not for the sake of the woman being divorced is invalid. And how is that so? And so the Mishnah is going to present to us four different types of cases here. So if a man passes through the marketplace and he hears the sound of scribes dictating a get, the Gemara is going to explain that this is like scribes who are practicing how to write a get. And they hear him say, such and such a man is divorcing so-and-so from such and such place. And the person passing by says, He says, oh, this is my name and this is my wife's name. So maybe he took this as a sign that he should get divorced, right? He can't use that get. That get is invalid to use as a divorce. Yetermikan, moreover, if a man wrote a get to divorce his wife, the Nimlach, and then he changed his mind, Matsao Beni Rova Marlo, and then somebody else who lives in the same city says to him, Shmi Kishmech Vishem Ishti Kishem Ishtacha, right? My name is your name, and my wife's name is your wife's name, right? And the town is going to be the same place. Pasulagaresh. So in other words, you can't, you know, transfer over a get. He can't use that get for his divorce, the second person. Yetermikan, moreover, if a man has two wives whose names are identical, he wrote a get to divorce the older wife. He can't use it to divorce the younger wife. Yetermikan, even more, you know, moreover, Amar Livlar, right? Let's say he says to the scribe, write a get for whichever one, and I'll decide, and then I'll divorce her. In other words, he has two wives, and he's like, nah, I want to divorce one of them. Just write a get, and then I'll decide which one. Pasul Garishbo. So again, also, he is pasul uh, from using this type of get, uh, and it's it's not good for a divorce. So the Gemara basically is going to try to explain what is with this particular formulation of uh, of Yetermikan, 
right? And you can't, like, what does this mean, the moreover? And it's essentially sort of like that each of these cases is a succession. They become more particular for the man and the woman getting involved. And we're even saying no, but even in that case, right, they are not allowed to use that cat. And that's sort of the first thing that the Gemara uh, is going to spend, um, uh, you know, a bunch of time, uh, a bunch of time talking about. But I want to actually get to the bottom of the dot. There, there was a section here that I thought was, uh, uh, you know, so, yeah, I want to get here to the bottom of the dot here. Um, and it says the following, Amara, right? Kulan, all of these get, gittens, they disqualify the woman who receives them from marrying Kohen, except for the, this is super interesting. In other words, the woman cannot, it's not a valid get. It's not a divorce. But still, because there was intention to divorce her, and even if they stay married, she is pasul, she is treated like a divorced woman and cannot marry a Kohen afterwards. Ushmu Amar Afrishon Nami Posel. Even that first case, the one of the scribes and the shuk, which the Gemara, that's how the Gemara understands it eventually, right? Even that one would disqualify the woman. And Shmuel follows his view, right? Whenever the sages teach that a get is pasul, pasul uposel. It's invalid, but it also disqualifies the woman from marrying a coin. Chalitza pasula, right? And we also learned that chalitza, even if a chalitza is pasul, right? There's a chalitza that was done, that was actually invalid. Pasula pasulota min hachim. It's invalid, but it also disqualifies her from marrying any of the other brothers of that late husband. Um, and so I thought that was a really interesting principle here that we had not seen yet. This is a new thing, right? That even if it's not written lishma, and even if we say that that get is pasuo, okay, it still is posel. It, it, it still makes her invalid from marrying a Kohen. And again, the Gemara doesn't really explain why, but the idea is essentially that because there was this intention to divorce her, um, and there was even like sort of a whiff of divorce there. And therefore, the, the Cohen piece of not being allowed to marry a Grushab, not being allowed to marry a divorced woman also was going to take hold. I mean, it, it's an interesting halacha that they would sort of be, I, I don't know, there's a harshness to it. There's a machmerness to this that's kind of shocking, actually, because they're not really divorced. Um, yes, that is kind of surprising. And then when you press that, wait, what? That was my reaction. Yeah, it, it's just, uh, and and you also would think if it was true, like, why wouldn't the Mishnah mention it as well? Like, why are the Amurayim talking about that first? Yeah, I don't have a good answer here. Yeah. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hydra website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP in our Talking Time with Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. Thank you.